Genre. This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome to Retheme This, the Patreon exclusive edition of Theme Park This, where we dare to retheme the most beloved of attractions. My name is Brian Green, and with me I have Scott Corelli. Hello. And Kyle Crane. Hey everybody, stay indoors and wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so today we are going to re- uh, do a retheme, uh, something that's going to be, actually it's going to be a two-parter for this one because mm-hmm. it's kind of a grand grand scope we're dealing with here uh we're going to be retheming marvel superhero island at universal studios islands of adventure mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to be dealing with the two sections here we got section one here which we have the cafe four the storm force accelatron and the incredible hulk coaster it's basically the little the little section when you first walk into uh marvel superhero island those first three things is what we're going for mm-hmm. uh, and luckily uh, it turns out those first three things are an e-ticket, an attraction, and a restaurant. So <laughs> it really worked we. out for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, some things work out all right sometimes. Yeah. Let's talk about Islands of Adventure, right? So it opened in 1999. Uh, it's a cool idea. The the idea, the the you know, I think that Universal came up with a concept for a theme park that allowed them to have wildly different theming uh across the park without it feeling odd or or out of place or uh uh abrupt 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 changes uh-huh. um and uh you know they they came up with this sort of island thing um i don't know that they're actually islands uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't really feel like islands they never they kind of never have uh, but you know, in 1999, I just thought that this was the coolest theme park that ever existed. I was like, well, nothing's ever going to beat this. This is <laughs> never, this, this is the best of the best. And it stayed that cool forever. Yeah, I remember the ad campaign for this in the beginning more than anything else, that it was just kind of like this very, very late nineties, uh, centered kind of like extreme in your face. You know, this is the oh, yeah. park for males age 13 to 16 you know, yeah. whole thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really wide demographic three years of, of, oh, of yes, a particular yes. gender a demographic that's spending all their money on what deodorant and razor blades no not even that old i, yet. I was Probably gonna say not gum. even deodorant but, yes no. yeah. <laughs> axe body spray maybe <laughs> so it, it seems to be forever stuck in that time period more than anything else because universal just really hasn't put a lot of money into keeping everything up other than the you know of course the harry potter wizarding world which is just an amazing experience so i still enjoy going to this park but it's because there there are some really fantastic rides some of the stuff we're going to be covering today as well um but there is a level of embarrassment or it's one of the things like i like professional wrestling but i hate watching professional wrestling with other people who don't watch it because i'm always (laughs) apologizing i'm like well that was really bad but trust me something good is gonna happen and (laughs) i feel like that when i go into um islands of adventure it's kind of like i love theme parks but we're not counting this you know? yeah <laughs> so, it's yeah. it it has a 
it 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 definitely has a uh six flags energy to parts yes, of it it does um and uh you know since uh since the park opened right and we sort of had um everything firing on all cylinders right around uh i don't know 2000 2001 um since then we've had a few like minor updates to rides right so we had the the whole coaster update we had the spider-man update um and then they added hogwarts and they added weirdly kong skull island um Mm -hmm. in the jurassic park section which is (laughs) just i don't know what they were thinking with that but whatever um it's uh it's I don't I don't think Jurassic Park is the same thing. Uh although isn't aren't there rumors that they're they're no cuz they're adding a Jurassic Park roller coaster. So they're not changing that area into like a Skull Island no, or they legendary aren't. monsters area. So like I don't know what they're doing. It's even more um, confusing, yeah. It's very it's yeah, it's even more confusing than it was before. Wow, yeah, um, I was under the impression that that Skull Island was over in the Lost Continent section and No, it's not. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Uh it's just where they had room for it, I guess. And, you know, not for nothing, but it's not even I mean, it's just the it's just the stop on the uh studio tram tour. I mean, it's it's that. It's uh Fast and Furious supercharged, but for, you know, with monkeys with, with King Kong. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, they did that. And then most recently, of course, they did the, um, uh, the Hagrid's, uh, roller coaster, which, you which know, went by, off without a hitch. Yeah. Went, went, went off without a hitch, but by, by all, uh, all accounts, uh, seems to be a, a truly incredible experience. Looks um, great. And yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I can't, I can't wait to write it. Even if, uh, uh, the actor playing Hagrid is a little sleepy in the, pre pre-ride videos um i uh i so so you know they've been adding stuff but it's all it it really just feels like they've been either haphazardly adding stuff or barely augmenting updating stuff that's already there and i Mm -hmm. think easily the most outdated because you know toon lagoon which i'm sure we'll get around to retheming at some point in the future but toon lagoon is fine right it's not it, it, it's it's all like <laughs> you know uh, uh newspaper cartoons that like nobody cares about anymore but mm-hmm. um you know it's it's fine you know mm-hmm. it's it's whatever like i i you know do do i wish the dudley do right ride was more of a rocky and bullwinkle yeah probably but it's fine right it's fine um it it doesn't it's not like it's you're looking at it and you're instantly like, wow, this is so outdated. You're kind of like, well, I mean, if the theme is newspaper comics and, you know, the only rights to cartoons you could get are, you know, the Rocky and Bullwinkle type stuff and Popeye, I guess this is what it would kind of look like. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's fine. It is what it is. And honestly, the Dudley do right uh, rips off falls was really great. And the, the, uh, the, the Popeye river raft, ride is 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 pretty fun as well mm-hmm. um it they're they're it's fine easily the most embarrassing section in this other than lost continent which is l- just the lost section of this park um is marvel superhero island which was so instantly outdated because it came this park opened one year prior to the release of x-men in 2000 yeah wow yeah so Everything in this area of the park is based entirely 
on 90s Marvel Comics, which, while probably the most popular era of Marvel Comics, is easily the worst. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 90s comics are bad, universally bad. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, everything's extreme. Everything, it just looks like, you know, a Jim Lee drawing or a Rob Liefeld drawing. Like, everything in this place is... Um, uh, so it was instantly outdated as soon as like one year after the park opens, it was dated, yeah. um, which is unfortunate because of the timing of everything. But, uh, man, if only Marvel had not sold their theme park rights, uh, to universal, because, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this, but prior to, uh, the, the final themes for, um, uh, Universal Islands of Adventure, this area of the park was supposed to be a DC Comics area. And it was supposed to that. be... Yeah, that's why it's so it's so big. It's bigger than every other area of the park. It has two e-tickets, which is more than any other area of the park, until um, very recently with Hagrid's. Uh, and the reason for that was because it was actually supposed to be two sections. It was supposed to be Metropolis and Gotham. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Gotham section was this. It was going to be the section that we're talking about now. The Incredible Hulk coaster was going to be um, the original concept of which actually went on to uh, be um, Dueling Dragons. But it was going to be on this side of the park, and it was going to be a uh, Penguin versus Batman oh, cool. uh, coaster. And so you would get in one of two lines. Either you would get into the line in uh, uh, the sewer. And you'd be in like the penguins layer or you would be in the Batman line and you would go into the Batcave and things like that. And then the two the two um, uh, uh, coasters would sort of, you know, like intertwine against each other and right. um, things like that. Uh, and uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, the the penguin coasters were shaped like the rubber ducky from Batman Returns. <laughs> oh. um, and the and obviously the the Batman ones were like the Batwing or something like that. Right. Um, and it was supposed to like go all throughout like the Gotham area. And then um, I'll talk more about the Metropolis area in the next episode when we talk about Section 2. But yeah, that's what this was initially supposed to be. And Warner Brothers ended up wanting too much money, I think, for the theming. And so instead, uh, or maybe even Marvel offered it to them. Maybe maybe Marvel came to them and was like, hey, you know... <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 bankrupt so you could have this for basically yeah. like you know peanuts yeah. if you would rather take marvel and i think that's i think maybe that was what the thing that swayed their decision because they were um you know they were they were struggling to get this park open because of how expensive it was and so i think anywhere they could save some money uh they would and so they took their concepts from the dc stuff and they just uh you know shifted it around and changed the theming and boom we get marvel superhero island which is arguably the most half-assed theming in the whole park mm-hmm. yeah uh, so what would have happened with six flags if if dc had worked out I don't know. I don't think anything because I mean if we're if we're being perfectly honest, DC's presence in Six Flags, you know, the the Justice League dark ride not uh notwithstanding. Right. Um, you know, hasn't exactly been a strong presence. Like you could easily strip DC Comics out of Six Flags and just retheme all of those coasters with generic coaster names like the rest of Six Flags, right. and nothing would really change. It's not right. like they're super themed to 
the DC heroes. There is one in Six Flags Atlanta, which I think they actually did the idea you were talking about. There's a Gotham portion and a Metropolis portion to each other. But again, like you said, paint swap and just a couple of standees like put in somewhere else. It could be anything in the world. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Um, which is my biggest disappointment with DC Comics uh, mm-hmm. presence in theme parks. But um, that's uh, that's a discussion for a later episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so Marvel Superhero Island, uh, section one, which we're calling this, consists of Cafe Four, Storm Force Accelotron, and the Incredible Hulk Coaster. Um, Cafe Four. Uh, let's start there. So, yeah. uh, Cafe Four is, it has a really cool exterior, I would say. Like, I think it's one of the things that probably looks, arguably the coolest like it feels like fantastic four that's the theming of this It's supposed to be fantastic four it looks cool and then you step inside and it looks like they borrowed tables and chairs from like a high school cafeteria (laughs) um and it's just the most poorly themed uh you know quick service restaurant maybe i've ever seen i mean it is super generic um extremely generic it is it it just i just think it looks really really bad and then on top of everything else it's called cafe four it's based on the fantastic four and for some reason they somebody thought fantastic four italian food um and so the whole restaurant's menu is pizza and pasta uh, yeah, well, I mean, they they are a family that fights crime together, and when you think Italian food, you think Olive Garden, and here your family. So I can't yeah. <laughs> see where they get that whole thing. But yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're here, you're Marvel's first family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 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 pretty bad, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And the food is terrible. Um, just really bad generic amusement park food. And I don't know. Uh, you know, I I don't. It's if you're going to go to an amusement park, I don't think pasta is on the top of anyone's list of things to eat um, mm. because, you know, it just it like makes you sleepy and it's it's super carb heavy. Like pizza, I get pizzas, you know, pretty, pretty general uh, 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 amusement park fare. But the the pasta, like the spaghetti and meatballs and the chicken Alfredo and stuff, and it's all just served out of a big metal container just scooped into your tray like a like a cafeteria um this place is awful uh i don't know what do you guys think you know it's a real shame too because they they have good food in islands of adventure mythos is is routinely ranked at like the top of the theme park uh, places to eat the same thing with the three broomsticks is fantastic so they can do it but it just shows like how much they don't care about this section of the park right i mean they, they don't bother to put anything in feels like six flags exactly i've never i've never been in here uh i could Honestly, I I think most of the time we would go out to City Walk if we were eating at Islands of Adventure. I've only been to Islands of Adventure for three separate trips. Mm-hmm. And once was like early in the parks run, like in the first year or two. Um, then once again in 2010, I think. And then once again, like in like 2014, I think. And I yeah, never been in here. So I yeah. I couldn't say anything about the food, but it looks like generic theme park crap food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that it is. You would be correct. Um, Storm Force Accelotron, which is actually the latest edition 
to Marvel Superhero Island. They they added this in when they decided there wasn't enough over here. That's um, why I didn't know anything about this ride. <laughs> yeah. I, I had no clue what this was. Yeah, well, and it's also hidden. It's wedged in yeah. between uh, Cafe 4 and the Incredible Hulk coaster. Um, it's just like wedged back there. And, and if you walk by the little alleyway where they stuck it, you would never know it was there. Um, it's been open, I think, since 2001, I think mm-hmm. is is what it is um it's been it's been around for a really long time it's just that you would never know that it was that it was there uh, opening date may 28 2000 so about a year oh after gosh. everything else opened wow, um, wow. i think yes. it's most famous for being the backdrop of anybody's photographs of the hulk car from fast and furious tokyo drift which for the longest <laughs> time sat outside of it and if you took a picture of it storm force would be in the background but yeah yeah, uh, yeah this this ride is basically just like a, a scrambler from yeah. any amusement yeah, park, teacups, right? teacup ride. Yeah. <laughs> teacup ride. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, so I've never been on it, but the, in my mind, there's, a, there's all these cardboard cutouts of like Modoc and Captain America and all that stuff around. And it's just so cheap looking in islands of, in the Marvel section. And there is a cutout of professor X in his wheelchair. And he's like shooting out of a building or something. Yeah. And for some reason in my old 40 year old plus mind, I got that confused with Stormforce, and for the longest time, I thought the carts spinning around were Professor X's wheelchairs. Oh, until wow! You sent us the the notes about this today and said Stormforce, and I w- went back and looked at it, and I was like, "Oh no, those aren't wheelchairs spinning around. I don't know what they are." But for when I was trying to retheme this, I was trying to stick with that theme, and I was like, "This is so inappropriate." And I looked at, it, I was like, "Oh no, 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 that's your brain, Kyle." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the idea of this is apparently it's it's a it's an invention of of uh xavier's um and the in the way that like cerebro is an invention of xavier's and the idea of the storm force accelotron is that as you are spinning you are somehow stopping magneto from doing something (laughs) it's like a magneto thing um <laughs> it's uh it's it's really weird and then what storm has to do with it i'm not entirely sure uh because there's lightning okay. in the center y- yeah so okay so so i'm reading this off of wikipedia because i've never written this either um the q line explains through live action comic panels that magneto a villain of the x-men has returned to threaten the world storm gives word to professor xavier who decides to launch writers on his storm force accelotron while storm gathers the powers of mother nature in an effort to stop magneto uh writers enter circular shaped cars which are colored either purple or yellow each car has a large wheel in the center uh, which gives riders, uh, you know, they they can you know spin like a teacup. Um, once riders have been seated, Professor Xavier and Storm explain the crisis going on and give guests the instructions on how to use their accelerons by turning the vehicles around as fast as possible in an effort to stop Magneto. The ride then begins as riders are spun around in circles on a spinning track multiple times while they spin their vehicles even more by turning the wheel in front of them. Sound effects simulating lightning and thunder as well as flashing lights serve as show elements during the ride, which originate from an overhead, quote, power generator (laughs) facing the center of the track. At the conclusion, Xavier informs riders that they have success. They they were successful and Magneto is retreating. And then riders exit their vehicles. Um, so this is a this 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 is a rough one. Um, this is this is like they are bending over backwards to try and put a story on this thing, and it's just a teacups ride. 
Um, and it is uh, not well done. It's all done with sound. There's no, not really any visual flair to this at all. No. Um, it is just a teacups ride. Uh, that's it. And and somehow Storm is related to this. I don't know why or how, uh, but she is. And uh, and and it's also Xavier. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why this isn't an Xavier ride. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I I don't know if is it is it is it Storm's force that is powering the Accelotron? Is that what the situation is here? I think that um, makes the most sense. Things spin, wind spins, tornadoes spin. I think that's as okay. far as the so she's got. so she's spinning the track, and yeah. the riders are spinning the Accelotron. Is that the idea? I, I guess think so. Yeah. You're working together with Storm. We have officially um, thought about this more than the park did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. This ride sucks. Uh is what I'm saying. <laughs> this ride sucks. It's bad. Um so uh so anyway, uh, Storm Force Accelotron. Just ride the teacups, everybody. Um and then finally, uh in section one, the Incredible Hulk coaster, which is our e-ticket. Uh this has gone through a couple of changes. Uh the the first edition of this ride, you were Bruce Banner essentially like it was like a weird it was a weird thing like uh, the problems they used to have on the dark rides uh, in Fantasyland where it was like you're Snow White (laughs) but everyone's asking where is Snow White Um, but this is even more confusing because you are Bruce Banner when you're on the ride but when you're in the queue like you meet Bruce Banner and he like talks to you and stuff uh, and and the idea is that he's he thinks he's figured out a way to get rid of the Hulk once and for all, and so he's gonna radiate himself, but it doesn't work, and he turns into the Hulk. And uh, when that happens, like your cart speeds aw- speeds off, and the roller coaster is supposed to recreate the feeling of being the Hulk. Right. That was the original uh, intention of the ride. Now this updated version that happened a few years back. What what is the story on this one? What is? Oh boy. So last time I was there, th- it was actually being re- reconstructed, redone. Uh-huh. So I had not gotten to ride the new version, new version of it. So I'm actually not entirely sure. Okay, uh, but it was really odd going in that area of the park and the Incredible Hulk not being there. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So let's see here. Uh. All right. As part of the coaster's major refurbishment, a new original story was added with a completely redesigned queue experience that places guests inside a scientific experiment led by Thaddeus Ross. Um, it, it, I will say this. The queue, the new version of the queue on the Hulk ride is legitimately cool looking. Like it, it, it actually like I, I quite like it. Um, it it's not as. It looks more cinematic than the original did. The original was very cartoony, the way that sort of everything in this uh, part of the park is. And the the new the new queue is a lot more cinematic looking. It, it's basically like I, I think it's a like I think they're gonna they're experimenting with gamma radiation to make more Hulks. I think, huh. and so okay. they're turning all of the all of the people into Hulks. I think that's the idea. Um, cause like, as you're taking off through the tunnel, the, uh, the announcer is saying, initiating gamma exposure, Hulk transformation, accelerating, do not be afraid. And then you blast off, um, with uh, a new track, uh, written by, uh, <laughs> a new track of original score composed by Patrick Stump of fallout boy. Um, oh. <laughs> oh boy. Which is, 
pretty funny, actually. That's a funny yeah. joke. I, yeah. I actually think it's a funny joke uh, to have a Fall Out Boy song because you're the Hulk and gamma radiation and <laughs> Fall Out Boy. I don't know. It's dumb. Um, so anyway, so it's a, it's a tenuous, uh, storyline at best on the mm-hmm. incredible Hulk currently. Um, okay. So let's, uh, but the, but the Hulk ride is good, right? It was like, what, especially oh, yeah. when it opened, it was like one of the best, one of the best roller coasters I've ever been on. It was so smooth. Uh, it, it got, you know, progressively rougher as it, as it went along, like all coasters do. But when it first opened, man, what a coaster. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. I, I this think was, was it, this hit me right in like the peak of my roller coaster riding days. You know, mm-hmm. like I was like right at 13, I think, you know, I was right in that demographic when I first mm-hmm. rode it. And then I, it, it's fantastic. It's a great, it's a good ride. Yeah, it definitely is the ride when it launched was it followed through in the promise of the entire park. Like we are extreme. This is not something you would find at Disney World. And it was kind of uh, it was top tier for a very long time, actually. I mean, it, yeah. it, it still it still stands. I, I Whenever I'm there, I try to ride it. Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing about this area of the park is that it has two e-tickets that were for the longest time considered two of the best versions of what mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. And despite the fact that the park itself was lame as hell, <laughs> um, or this area of the park anyway. Um, all right, so we're we're so now we get to our retheming because uh, you know I think that this park needs a major upheaval. Um, I think it needs a major change, and uh, I think we're just the ones to do it. So. First, let's talk about our Marvel Superhero Island retheme. I assume uh, that this is going to carry over to uh, our Section 2. I guess it doesn't have to, since it was originally conceived as two separate islands, but um, or s- related separate islands, I guess. Um, but uh, uh, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but mine, mine is going to be the same in Section 1 and Section 2. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the plan. I, I picked a property that could I could divide in two and have two distinct lands uh, in, oh. in this show and the next one. Uh, but they're, they fall under the same umbrella. So yeah. nice. Interesting. Brian. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm sticking with the same same theme for both parts. OK. All right. Cool. So uh, Marvel Superhero Island rethemed this. Brian, what do you got? Uh, so I am going with uh, I'm already expanding universal's nintendo partnership here uh, good uh, so <laughs> we're start uh, we're starting out with uh everything they're going to have in epic universe and i have ideas for what i want to do for legend of zelda when uh uh when we finally want to retheme uh what is it called the lost continent never okay. remember the name of that place but mm-hmm. uh what i want for marvel superhero island is i want to turn it into inkopolis from splatoon oh if you guys have played any of this I have not. It is on my list because you recommended it. So yes. um, it's on my Gamefly list uh, to to get from Gamefly at some point. <laughs> yeah, uh, same for me. I haven't played it, but I know everything about the Squid Kids and everything, and uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's yeah, a it blast. Does. So uh, a little bit of background for those who might not know anything about it. Uh, Splatoon is a an eight-player online shooter that is uh, super techno-colored and just wild and wacky you are these kids that are also squids <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's like sort of pu- it's i guess it's supposed to be post-apocalyptic uh and you compete in a sport where you shoot each other with ink and you so you're shooting guns 
uh, or a spreading ink with buckets or uh, paint giant paint rollers. And your job is you're, you're essentially doing territory control and you are spreading ink across the entire play field. And each side has a different color and they're uh, so it could be like blue and green or pink and purple. And so two different colors. And after the, after time runs out, the team that has the most ink on the field is the winner. Okay. Um, my favorite thing about about Splatoon, though, is not even the gameplay. It's the just the the whole world about it. Uh, it's very fashion centric. Your characters can change your clothing. So while you might be picking clothing that looks really cool because you have some like really fun styles that you can pick from, uh, they also uh, your clothing also changes your abilities so like my favorite ability in the game is ninja squid uh, so you can uh it helps you sneak around and uh, uh sneak up on people really well the game also has these has two characters uh, there are two games out right now splatoon 1 and splatoon 2 splatoon 1 had uh these two characters callie and marie they are uh they're pop stars that had a trl like show that was broadcast out out of inkopolis and they would uh, every time you booted up the game, you would start out with Callie and Marie. They would tell you, "Hey, these are the levels that we're doing that we have right now. If you go play online, these are the levels that you're going to play on." Um, and then in Splatoon two, those two disappeared, and it kind of added a little bit of mystery and intrigue of where did these two characters go? And there were two new characters, Marina and uh, Pearl. So they have like this uh, sort of like music themed show uh, so in my world you're walking into inkopolis and you are uh being immersed in like in, in the fashion and the in the music of that world okay so what is what, what what exactly is the music in uh in the game like uh, <laughs> it's sort of uh rock and poppy okay. uh with uh it's it's so hard to describe it you you would just have to hear it to really understand it but it has like a real distinct style oh to go yes along with. it's yeah, very okay, cool, it's very cool. very distinct interesting awesome. all right all right cool. uh kyle what about you yeah so with this one i really tried to go kind of outside of my comfort zone uh for what we could do with the retheme this so i spent a lot of time today looking up this subject so if i don't sound like an expert on it i apologize ahead of time um but i went with uh the uh concept of doing a sanrio land west yes so do you do you guys both know what sanrio is i went to sanrio pure land when i was in japan Okay. I, I don't. I have no idea what this is. Okay. Hello Kitty. Are you familiar with Hello oh, Kitty? Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So Sanrio is the parent company. They'd be like um, the Disneyland or Disney of Japan to a degree. Yeah. They have all these different cartoons and stuff, but Hello Kitty is one of their major properties. So I decided I'm going to do Sanrio Land West <laughs> for the whole island, but I'm going to wow. split it up uh, to a Hello Kitty zone and then another zone we're going to do next time. So today I'm going to be talking all about Hello Kitty related stuff. So this I, was a lot of fun. I love the idea that you're retheming the Incredible Hulk coaster to Hello Kitty. That is, <laughs> you, you know what? I, I, I amazing. I, I think I have a good idea. So we'll talk about that one later on down the line. But um, just to get into it, and, uh, Brian, Brian, I have a couple of questions for you if you don't mind answering yeah, about, about your time at San Rio Puro Land. But I just want to let the uh, listeners know real quick. It's uh, it's called an amusement park, but from what I can gather, it's really more of just like a building with some Sanrio type experiences in it. More or, or less like yeah. a mall. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So it's like an, uh, it's an indoor, a giant indoor building. Uh, all There's two rides. There's a there's a boat ride and there's a dark ride, um, but lots of like character meet and greet stuff like that. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it looked like uh, through all the photos and stuff I was looking at. It looks like, I, and it was built a while ago, but it looks like it's perfect for kind of the Instagram culture. It's there's gorgeous. a lot of. <laughs> It, yeah, it looked beautiful. Yeah, and then the rides were lacking, but of course uh, the rides were the rides aren't really the focus. The focus is, I think, to be around to buy Sanrio products, to be in kind of a Sanrio environment, and then the rides are almost like a secondary thing. But um, some of the rides they had there were Lady Kitty House, which is kind of a walkthrough of a cartoon cat's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, actually, Hello Kitty is not a cat. We'll get into that at some point. <laughs> uh, but uh, oh let's see, they God. also had one called My Melody Kiromi uh, Mary Road Drive, which mm-hmm. is kind of like I think Winnie the Pooh but slower and with less effects uh there was kiki and lala twinkle tour which is kind of a walkthrough another walkthrough photo experience but very uh, brightly colored uh, like pastel colors and stuff like that and then there was my favorite of the entire thing which is a hello kitty's bell of happiness which for all i could tell was just a bell that couples go up and ring so it looks like kind of a thing that uh couples do together they go in and they ring this bell and and, and whatever um but then other than that there's just like some there was a, a boat ride uh with all the sanrio characters if you think of like small world it would be something like that so i was looking at all this stuff i know sanrio has a pretty big fan base and i was like well it really feels like it deserves something a little bit more than what sanrio land is and you know being the um powerhouse of capitalism that florida is maybe we can exploit that to a degree and make a kawaii anime themed land so uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to be getting into today. Excellent. Uh, Hello Kitty already has a presence at Universal Japan, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, but, uh, and I'll say this. The Hello Kitty boat ride at Sanrio Piero Land is outstanding. I've is heard it? that. I, I've heard I loved that. it. You're you're invited to Hello Kitty's birthday party. And so you, uh, you're going through on the boat and you're going into all the other characters' houses and seeing them as they're receiving their invitation to hello kitty's birthday party and <laughs> there's a part where uh one of the characters is baking and you smell cookies and it's oh, oh it's the best i loved it wow. that sounds really adorable it was so went, pure and amazing i kind of went another direction with some of my rides so we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute but scott i'm really interested to find out what the the theme is that you did for for this island well, I, you know, so I looked at this island and, you know, Marvel Superhero Island is what they call it. Uh, what they mean is uh, Manhattan, right? I mean, that's that's what they're talking about when I they say Marvel. When they say Marvel Superhero Island. And so uh, I just thought, you know, what what is a, a, a franchise that iconically uses New York City? Um, and I just think that there's no other choice but to retheme Marvel Super High, uh, Superhero Island as Ghostbusters Spook Central. Okay, yes. you already win this one, but yes, I can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of my favorite things too is like, I, and I just did this. I, I you guys don't need to retheme this particular thing, but I just I just happened to remember that this was a thing, and I was like, I was like, isn't there a comic book store? In Marvel Super Hero Island, mm-hmm. what was that called? And I look it up, and uh, the very creative name that they came up with for the comic book store in Marvel Super Hero Island is Comic Book Shop, <laughs> because that is enough of a theme for them. Because I guess they're so their 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 finger is so far away from the pulse of nerds that they think that a comic book shop is enough of a theme for something. Uh, and so, of course, I'm retheming that to Raise a Cult Books. Uh, uh, where you can get your very own copy of Tobin's Spirit Guide. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, let's talk about Cafe 4. So 
What are you feeding these people, Brian? Are you just feeding them ink? What oh. what what is this? Oh, I'm feeding them ink. Don't don't. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, so, a uh, cafe four is going to become Krusty Sean's crust bucket. Oh, <laughs> which wow. is a delicious sounding restaurant. I know. Uh, Krusty Sean is a character in Splatoon. In the first game, he ran a a shoe store. Because uh, in the game, you can customize your shoes, your pants, your shirts, and your weaponry, or in your and your headgear as well. Uh, but in the second game, he actually has a food truck called Krusty Sean's Crust Bucket. Uh, Krusty Sean is a giant prawn uh, covered in tempura batter. So he's a <laughs> giant tempura battered shrimp. Splatoon is a wacky ass game, y'all, by the way. <laughs> um, so uh, you wa- you're going to walk into Krusty Sean's and there's going to be a giant animatronic prawn who is going to uh, shout yo squiddos at you. Uh, he's going to be having, he's going to have backwards hat on and he's going to, uh, t- uh, talk to you about, uh, the, the food offerings. Now, the thing about Splatoon is all of the dialogue is complete gibberish. It's like, meow, 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 meow. Uh, so everything's going to have to be subtitled. Oh, okay. Uh, so Good. the animatronics will talk to you, but you're going to have to have subtitles somewhere. You know, it's, it's, it's really nice to hear that you're trying to bring culture into the Universal <laughs> Studios theme parks because it's something that's been long missing. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the restaurant is going to have some pretty stand. It's going to be pretty standard theme park food offerings. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, but the main uh, the main attraction though is going to be the dipping sauces, uh, which oh. we're going to go like full on nineties kids food, uh, where uh, you know all the ketchups were green and blue and whatnot. Uh, so yeah. I'm thinking we're going to have some green ketchup. Uh, we're going to have blue ranch and purple honey mustard, and yeah. everything is going to be served in little water pistols. Uh, so uh, every meal will come with its own dipping sauce that comes in a little miniature squirt gun. Uh, and then the sandwich items will have specially colored buns, uh, that will rotate by season. That's awesome. I, I didn't know how you would incorporate the ink. I don't know why I didn't think of condiments, but that's really clever. I'm very excited for it. So are we incorporating calamari into this menu at all? Oh God, we can't. No, that, that would be, uh, that'd be upsetting <laughs> no 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 you 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 can order the calamari but while you eat it uh, a a a character has to like watch you in horror as you eat it <laughs> they stand next po- to your table and just yeah, put their hands the to their sign. face <laughs> <laughs> that's my brother no <laughs> so where are we eating then uh, hello kitty land it'll be it'll be a subtitled no no yeah <laughs> so uh so for Sanrio Land West, uh the Hello Kitty Land, you know, I was looking through all the characters and Hello Kitty actually has a little burger and fry friend uh and named Doki Doki Yummy Chums is the guy's <laughs> name. So <laughs> with with the full theme of the Hello Kitty Land, uh, let's just consider that this is all supposed to be uh, fun and bright K, uh, J-pop playing everywhere. Uh, it's just supposed to be it was a happy, fun time. So everything's mm-hmm. smiling and you know happy and everything. So the, the words are supposed to be, it, everything's supposed to elicit a laughter. I knew nothing about this character, so I had to look all this stuff up. Doki Doki Burger, 
uh, is always smiling and is everyone's favorite. This, by the way, comes from the Sanrio website. Uh, <laughs> he comes in lots of flavors to keep you satisfied. He's a passionate warmth and hates the cold. So this is the exact wording, by the way. Don't forget to check out Yummy's Friends, everyone's idol, Doki Doki Fries with big round eyes, Doki Doki Shakes, who's every girl's favorite, and little baby Doki Doki Chum Chums, always fresh and piping hot to put a smile on your face. Now, the little Doki Doki Chum Chicken Chums, they're like chicken nuggets, basically, with, oh. with faces on them and stuff like that. Um, so I was thinking about like a kind of a, a Japanese kawaii themed land uh, and food culture is is very strong over there in Japan. I mean, it's strong here. We, we kind of take a lot of that from them, but they eat some stuff that a lot of Americans would consider kind of like outrageous. I personally don't have as adventurous of a taste in food as a lot of other people. And um, usually when I go to a theme park, I look for something that's just like going to be protein to be able to get me through the heat and everything. But I was like, okay, this is a chance to really kind of do something with food culture. So what do we have as far as like kind of that an American audience might want to eat? And I found a list of eight different burgers that are only served in Japan that could be from this uh, Doki Doki Burger restaurant. So I've got these eight different style of burgers that I found on a website called GuruNavi.com. GuruNavi.com. I want to give them credit here. So these are their eight most uh, kind of out there burgers that you can only find in Japan. The first is going to be Shirasu Burger, which is a burger topped with sardines. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, The Tsukimi Teriyaki Burger, which this one sounds delicious. It's just a burger with a teriyaki glaze on it. That sounds fantastic. Totally get that. Um, Kuroki Burger, which is a Japanese croquette featuring a breaded deep fried patty of mashed potatoes. So, you know, maybe, I don't know. Uh, A rice burger, which would be a normal burger. However, the buns are made of a toasted pressed rice. That sounds pretty good, actually. Probably, if you're looking like low carb, maybe it's a little bit better than bread. But uh, there's the Ebi Katsu Burger, which is a fried shrimp patty burger. Uh, which, depending on the toppings, that could probably be pretty good. Uh, the Minchi Katsu Burger, which is kind of like a regular hamburger, if you were to take the ground beef patty and instead of grilling it, coating it in a panko breadcrumb and then deep fry it. So that sounds pretty interesting. Uh, Tonkatsu Burger, which is a crispy fried pork cutlet coated in Japanese panko breadcrumbs, and then the Sabi Miso Burger, which would be a type of fish burger featuring a mackerel fish fillet simmered in miso. So that could be interesting. Um, but I felt like that was kind of sticking with a the theme and kind of a, a way to maybe bring some Japanese flavor over. Uh, but yeah, that is going to be the restaurant that people would eat in the Hello mm. Kitty land. Mm. So Scott, I can't wait to see how you've got some New York flavor uh, in here <laughs> mixed with Ghostbusters. Um, well, okay. So in I planned some construction um, because... The problem with ca- with Cafe Four is that um, not only does it suck, but it's also small. Um, it's way smaller than you would think based on the exterior of the building. Like you look at the exterior and you're like, "Oh, this is going to be a big restaurant," and it's not at all. It's actually very, very small. I think there's only room in there for. Uh, it looked to me like maybe twenty, twenty, twenty four couple dozen tables something like that and we're talking like small four person tables you know um so it's a it's a pretty small you know restaurant and that's because it's it's quick service you're meant to like go get your tray of crap sit down eat it and leave um like it's it's very much that kind of vibe and so what i want to do is i want to take cafe four i want to rip down the front end of it which actually takes up a lot of space and i want to build it out and then I want to take the registers and the counter space 
where the people are standing that are like handing your food at the cafeteria style, um, you know, food gathering area, whatever you would call that. Uh, rip that all out, make it all seating, and then just have a closed off kitchen in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. So I want to build. I want to build out the front. I want to build out the back, and uh, really amp up the table space because you're going to need the space because of course what other restaurant could this possibly be than the Hedgewick hotel restaurant? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, so, so the Sedgwick hotel restaurant, of course, um, is the famous scene from the, uh, from the ghostbusters film where, uh, the ghostbusters sort of wreck shop to, uh, finally capture their first ghost in the form of Slimer who is haunting the Sedgwick hotel. And, uh, this is going to be a, what I call a faux formal restaurant. So it is a sit down restaurant, um, but it's sort of mid tier in the way that like, um, you know, you, you do need, you probably would need a, a, a reservation, but it's, it's a little more laid back the way that Lamplight Lounge is, uh, in that it, it's not so formal. However, I call it faux formal because all of the universal team members who are working there are going to be wearing like full suits, tuxedos, Mm-hmm. Um, like they're working at a hotel and they're all going to be, act very snooty to the Floridian tourists who are wearing <laughs> T-shirts and shorts. Um, but they're not going to not serve them because after the situation with uh, with the haunting at the Sedgwick Hotel, they're desperate for uh, any any kind of income. So um, you can you can sit there, you can order your food. It's it's uh, much more um, higher end food, more on the on the side of um you know, a, uh, a three broomsticks or that sort of thing, um, where it is very, very good food. And it's, you know, a, a lot, lots of different things. Like you could get a steak there, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the, the big star of the show, of course, is that, um, the place is still haunted by Slimer, uh, and, uh, Slimer appears throughout the room in a projection show. Um, and so Slimer will just sort of slime his way in and out of walls. He'll fly around in the ceiling uh, and things like that while uh, you are eating your food. Oh, that's exciting. I love it. So are there still going to be – okay, well, uh, here's here's my main question when, whenever you're talking about a Ghostbusters restaurant. Is Ecto Cooler available on the menu? Oh. Not here. Not oh, here. Oh. Really? Okay. So too classy for Ecto Cooler, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Too classy for Ecto Cooler here. However, we do have another restaurant to talk about uh, in in the next episode. So Ooh, okay. um, I wouldn't uh, – I, w- I don't, don't count that it won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> I could go for some alcoholic Ecto Cooler. Well, I say nothing. <laughs> 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 um all right so that's uh that's how we're all retheming the cafe four um now let's talk about the storm force accelotron uh because i this this needs a lot of tlc i think to make it a ride worth going on uh brian what do you got all right so i'm turning storm force accelotron into sheldon's splat zone uh, in splatoon sheldon he is a horseshoe crab uh he is got like a military helmet on he's wearing camo uh, and he runs the armory. So like you go in and you upgrade all of your weapons with Sheldon and she, you're going to go into his, uh, to ammo Knights, his store. And you are going, he's going to tell you that you are going to help him test out his new weapon. The spin splatter 5,000. Um, you are going to go in and you're going to, um, and test this, uh, this out. The entire ride has now been enclosed, uh, because you know, if you, 
look at videos and pictures now you can see the the, the whole coaster behind it you can see it's it's open air even though it is covered uh we are going to completely enclose this uh so that you don't even see the ride until you step into the the platform that starts that's going to be spinning uh, when you get in there uh you're going uh, or when you get into the right area, you're going to pick your vehicle. Uh, it's going to be glowing different colors. It's got, the colors will change every uh, every ride. So you can get blue and orange. You can get pink and green. Or you can get yellow and purple. Uh, the roof above the ceiling above you is going to be uh, is going to be a dome projection screen. Mm. And as you as you board your vehicle, uh, sorry, as the ride begins, the riders are going to spin their car. Uh, as they spin, ink of the co- vehicle's color is going to spread around the walls and ceilings via projections. Uh, the faster they spin their car, the more ink their color uh, of their color that they are spraying around the room. Uh, and meanwhile, while you're doing that, you are also filling a meter. If you fill up your meter, uh, there's going to be uh, there's going to be a little display in the center. Once you fill it up, you can hit a button. That button is going to disable a comp- an opponent's car near you. Mm. so there's going to be another vehicle near you that'll be the same uh, they'll be the opposite color you're going to disable their vehicle uh so they won't be able to spin they won't be able to lay down their paint um okay and the uh by by the end the team that has spread the most ink by the end of the ride is the winner so what is the cleanup situation here between rides? <laughs> so, uh, well, it's 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 projection oh, <laughs> so okay. for the for the ride. But in the world of the game, uh, they have uh, they they've hinted that there are teams uh, there are teams of uh, cleanup crews that are able to clean up almost instantaneously and magically. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So the thing I love about this is you actually give a practicality to the actual spinning mechanism for these rides that we've these teacup rides we've all been riding for years. Right, you've yeah. actually found a way to make that have a purpose, and that's something that's really <laughs> you've really done a great job with that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, how about uh, you, Kyle? Yeah. Okay. So for mine, um, so one of the themes that I had for this whole thing is this is going to be kind of like universal's modus operandi, which is to do everything on a budget. So I'm not doing a whole lot of retheming on this one. I will for the Hulk coaster in a second, but this one's going to kind of be more of what it is right now, which is the teacup spinning type thing, except we're going to completely retheme it with characters and in the ride uh, vehicle itself. So this is going to be, uh, when I was thinking about this ride, it's just a scrambler ride, right? It's mm-hmm. just like teacups is like a scrambler from any sort of amusement park. And I was thinking like, okay, scramble, like what can we do with, that well sanrio has a character who's in the hello kitty universe name i'm gonna butcher this i apologize guidatama guidatama and thank you say it again a guidatama guidatama okay guidatama is a portmanteau for the japanese word for lazy and the japanese word for egg so we've got huh? lazy egg as a way to think about it and scott are you familiar with this character no <laughs> okay, you've probably seen him and not realized it. It's basically this egg that's depressed, and it's represented as like an egg yolk that's going to be like laying down and like sad or like sleeping or just kind of like rolled over. And he's got like an anatomically correct butt, so it's like uh, this egg yolk that'll just be like looking around, like mm, like moping, and then you see his butt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought that might be a good fit because it's also kind of counterintuitive to the ride itself, which is you get on these teacup rides and you spin yourself crazy. What would be funnier if it was just a lazy, depressed egg that is spinning around? (laughs) So the idea is mostly the ride vehicle, the ride system would stay the same, except instead of getting in whatever the hell you're getting on right now on Stormforce, you're getting in a cracked egg. 
and everybody uh-huh. gets in it together and starts spinning around. And in the middle is a big guidatama. A gudatama. Gudatama. Okay, I should have spelled this with O's instead of U's. It's throwing me off. A gudatama is just sitting there depressed in the middle. He couldn't be more bored with the idea of all these people spinning themselves crazy <laughs> around. Him. But, uh, I think the main draw from this is a uh, gudatama walk around character after the ride is over with that you can get your picture taken with. And I don't know. I don't understand how gudatama is like incredibly popular. Like he's everywhere. He's all everything. I think there's a thousand episodes of his minute long TV show <laughs> where he's just kind of sitting there just doing not a whole lot of anything. So I figured this would probably be a pretty big draw for people that are into uh, the whole Sanrio universe. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Gudetama Scramble is going to be my replacement for the Storm Force uh, ride. So you mentioned his uh, his. Uh, anatomically correct but uh, yes uh, at the at the San Rio Puro land there was a there was a display at the Gudetama spot where you walked up and his his butt was a little hole and you looked into a hole and it was showing one of his cartoons okay that's disgusting uh we're not gonna have anything like that here in San Rio land this is a family-friendly park and I don't know what they're doing over there but uh yeah <laughs> Probably very minimal on the uh, animatonic, uh, animatronic, animatronic, no, not animatronic, animatonic, ama- whatever. His butt's not going to be on display. So, yeah, that's it. Scott, what did you do to replace the uh, Storm Force ride over there? We talked about at the beginning of the show that Storm Force Accelotron is sort of the lost ride at uh, Marvel Superhero Island because it's sort of buried in the back. It's wedged between Cafe 4 and the whole coaster. You have to sort of walk down an alley to get to it. Um, and I'm going to make that uh, seemingly worse because I've just built out Cafe Four uh, for the for the uh, the the um, Hotel Sedgwick. So, uh, in order to make up for this, what I'm actually going to do is I'm turning that walkway into a queue for this ride and it's all going to be uh interior including the ride itself which currently is you know an amusement park ride you know it's it's got oh it's an open air ride um much like the teacups and everything but in my version i'm 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 building a little construction and i'm adding walls all around it and uh i'm i'm adding a longer queue uh so that the entrance to the ride is on the uh on the edge of the the walkway rather than sort of buried down that um down that way and so it'll be right next it'll still be between those two rides but the entrance will be sort of level with the entrance to uh the hotel sedgwick and what my hulk coaster ride is going to be um and this re-theme is uh what i'm calling lewis tully's ghost trap spin (laughs) um and uh what we have here is so so i mentioned that i'm putting up the walls right and so the idea is that lewis tully is trying to prove that uh he is as good as uh, as of a ghostbuster as the others and so um he is uh you know Using the new recruits, which is uh, what you are in this uh, in this instant instance, the new recruits to uh, help him catch more ghosts than have ever been caught in one uh, in 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 sort of like one sitting or what have you, um, okay. one incident. And so uh, on the walls, there are going to be um, projections. I'm picturing it's going to be similar to the uh, the the mirrors in the haunted mansion right where you have the ghosts inside your car except these ghosts are flying all around you but you can only see them in the mirrors and the carts 
are basically being used to you're spinning these cards to build up electrostatic um, to help with the polarized protons. And so what he has basically created is like a open air proton pack. Um, <laughs> and so the way that the proton pack works, the the air quote science uh, in the films is that they are trapping the ghosts. Uh, with their negative energy between the electrostatic and polarized protons that are being fired out of uh, out of the proton pack. Um, and so uh, what you're doing is basically creating those with these uh, carts and you're trapping all of these ghosts. And above you, the thing that's hanging um, in the, uh, uh, the Stormforce Accelotron is going to be transformed into a big ghost trap, essentially. Mm. And so you are spinning your carts around to build up the electrostatic to capture the ghosts and suck them into the trap. Hmm. Okay. 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 Yeah. Very cool. And that's, Very uh, cool. and that's, and that's it. That's the, that's the ride. You know, I mean, look, there's only so much you can do with a teacup ride. <laughs> yes. Um, I, you know, and, uh, and so that's, that's what I came up with. I tried to come up with the best way I could think of um, to, uh, uh, you know, use the uh the teacup sort of um tech and uh, uh update it for for the story and the electrostatic thing is the the best thing i could come up with <laughs> right no i i i think i should do a really good job there and i love the idea of kind of the throw the nod to the haunted mansion uh, another mm-hmm. ghost attraction to be able mm-hmm. to see the ghosts going around in the mirrors however i do think i'd be trying to focus on the mirrors while i'm spinning around and i think that would be a uh a time for me to throw up my Sedgwick uh, food everywhere, all over by trying to keep focus on that. So <laughs> yeah, but but I love the idea. I think it's great. I'm feeling a lot yes. of uh, sympathy toward the people, the Imagineers who had to retheme uh, Pixar Pier. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I I'll make jokes about how a lot of that feels shoehorned in, but oh God bless them. They they did what they could. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. I mean, it's 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 rough, and uh, I. For a long time, I thought about doing a Pixar Pier level retheming of this area because uh, I think you could easily do that because it, it it basically does work much like a midway. Yeah. Um. But ultimately, I was like, well, but would I have fun doing that? I don't know. So <laughs> I I went with this other thing. But um, it's uh, yeah, it's tough uh, retheming a teacups ride and trying to make it legitimate is uh, it's tough because teacup rides are not. They're, the scramblers are not super legitimate rides, honestly. No. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, they're they're very much like out of a box kind of rides, for sure. Yeah. Um. So that brings us to the Incredible Hulk coaster. Uh, this I'm really interested in because I don't, I cannot for the life of me think about how in the world you guys are going to turn your properties into roller coasters. <laughs> uh, uh, Brian, what? Uh, how is how what are you doing? What is this? Splatoon right. roller coaster? So the Incredible Hulk coaster is going to be called uh going to be turned into a, a ride called Off the Hook. And Ooh. as I said before, uh in Splatoon, Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2, there are these characters that are like sort of pop stars, they're celebrities in the world. Uh, in the first game, it was Callie and Marie. Uh in Splatoon 2, it's Pearl and Marina. Pearl and Marina in Splatoon 2, they are uh, they are the hosts of the show Off the Hook, and the, every every time you boot up the game, you start off with Pearl and Marina talking to you about what's going on in Inkopolis at that moment. You know what you, what levels you're going to play if you jump into a battle. Um, the other important thing that these characters do is that they run the Splatfests. 
And Splatfest were monthly events that took place in the game where every player would get to vote on something. We get to vote on something. It would be uh, cake or ice cream, sci-fi or fantasy, action or comedy. Just two things that would divide the divide the player base. Uh, so you have uh, and each and each of those things, one of those two hosts would pick. So uh, uh, Pearl would pick uh, uh, Pearl would pick cake. Marina would pick ice cream. Um, well, the fu- uh, so Splatoon Two has had its final Splatfest, which is why Scott, I told you not to hold off on buying it because Splatoon Three is probably going to come out and they'll have Splatfest for that one. Uh, uh. So the final Splatfest for Splatoon Two was Chaos versus Order, and mm. Chaos was represented by Pearl, uh, Order was represented by Marina, and I'm going to recreate this Splatfest on the Incredible Hulk coaster. So mm-hmm. riders are going to enter the queue area. They're going to watch an episode of Off the Hook, uh, Pearl and Marina. They're going to be on a giant screen. Uh, once again, they're going to have to be subtitled because they speak only gibberish. Um, they're uh, so they're going to be on the screen and they're going to they're going to pitch their sides. They're they're going to pitch. Uh, do you want to be on Team Chaos or do you want to be on Team Order? My idea for this ride is going to be the track is going to main, maintain mostly the same except for the loading area. The the entire ride uh, the entire main portion of the ride is going to be completely the same. The only thing that's going to be different is the loading section is actually going to have to be perpendicular to the launch tunnel. And cuz mm. when you get on the ride, you are going to sit down in your seat, uh, you're going to pull down your harness and there are going to be two buttons in front of you. One is going to be for chaos, one is going to be for order. When you sit down, when you get buckled in, you press your button on which one you want to be uh, want to go on. Your uh, your vote is kept secret at the moment. The car is going to lurch forward, and you're going to go forward into the into the station, or into the uh, past the station. And there's going to be a screen in front of you. You're going to have a Pearl and Marina in front of you, and they're going to tally the votes of everyone in the car. As the votes are being tallied, lights above the heads of each of the of each of the writers are going to change to pink and green. Uh, pink is going to represent chaos. Uh, it was Pearl and uh, green is going to represent order, which is Marina. So each person is going to be bathed in light of the color that they picked. The winner is going to decide what the ride is going to be like. Hmm. If you picked chaos, if you picked order, your car will turn uh, you'll, uh, your car will turn. You will go forward through the sh- the launch tunnel. If you pick chaos, your car will turn the other direction, and you will be launched backwards through the ride. Hmm. Oh. So the uh, as the, so when you vote, they're going to announce the results. The car is going to have LED lights on the side of it that are going to glow in that color. So. It, whatever color, uh, whatever color one, if it's chaos, is uh, the all the LED lights are going to turn pink, and the track is going to be repainted white so that all of the uh, so all of the lights are going to change to whatever color is currently riding. So yeah. if it is if it's chaos, the the track is going to be glowing pink. If it's order, the track will be glowing green. Gotcha. So kind of a ride, uh, kind of a little show for everybody that's standing outside looking at it as well. Kind of like, oh, what's it going to be this time? Right. Yeah. And cool, cool. Uh, just like with um, uh, with Rip Ride Rocket, there's going to be speakers in the in the cars blasting music, uh, since music is such a big important uh, part of the Splatoon universe. 
Hmm. That's awesome. Now, you sent us a video before we started chatting about this, just to let us know that this was a technology that actually does exist in the real world, so that it is a practical thing. It can be done. Right. So, yeah, there's a coaster in Belgium. uh, I can't remember the name of it right at the top of my head, but there's a ride where uh, it was a multi-launch coaster where you pick pick forward or backward when you get on it. It launches you, you go up, and then it comes back down. It launches you again the opposite direction. Until and then you go back until you until you get enough momentum to go over a hump. Uh, And so you uh, but whichever direction the car votes for is the primary direction the car is going to be going through throughout the ride. Cool. Hmm. All right. That's cool. So so I, I guess my only question with this, though, is isn't this format going to. Uh, like greatly diminish the amount of uh, of uh, riders you can get through per hour because you can only ride one you can only go one car at a time right because if you have one that goes forward and one that goes backwards they would like smash into each other oh, they're not going have... opposite directions of each other oh so the car is still going to go the same path but the but the car the car and the track are on a turntable in the station. Oh, so the track okay. will turn with a car on it, and then it'll go the direction off uh, uh, into the launch tunnel, either backwards or forwards. Okay, interesting. Wow. So you could yeah. have you and your friends could get on it and have a completely different experience riding the same roller coaster. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, my only criticism of it is that I would uh, I would. I I think the percentage of chaos versus order <laughs> would be like ten percent order, maybe. Right. Um. I I, I think that would be generous. Uh, I think more often than not, people are going to choose chaos. Except for I like that you made chaos pink though, because then it makes some dudes like be like, "Oh, I'm not going to pick the pink one." <laughs> uh. So maybe maybe you could still get order every once in a while. <laughs> So here's the thing, uh, with Splatoon 2, Pearl and Marina, the the two characters, one is an octoling, so she's actually an octopus, uh, and mm-hmm. they're sort of the villains of the series, of the of the oh. series, but she's actually, she's a good octoling, and sort of this, this weird race war going on in the Splatoon <laughs> universe, uh, but, uh, so she is in this, uh, but so you have pearl and you have marina and pearl is sort of bratty and marina is sort of like sweet and innocent and uh it's funny because when that game first came out i thought oh i think every splatfest is going to go toward marina because i liked marina a whole lot just as a character i thought she was i thought she was uh kind of cooler she's a dj and uh pearl she's kind of sits there and says mean things to marina <laughs> the entire time and uh-huh. but it turns out that pearl won most of the splatfests because of uh, I think people gravitated towards her a bit. Thought that hmm. was interesting. That is interesting, huh? But I don't know. I, I think that's true in the case of people playing Splatoon. But I think in an amusement park setting, you have a lot of people who have no idea what a Splatoon is, right. and they're just like, "Yeah, just chaos, bro!" <laughs> and they just they're gonna push that they're gonna punch that chaos button every single time. Right. Uh, I, I'm a little yeah. concerned. I'm a little concerned about the whiplash issue of being launched uphill backwards. <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's that's for the the physicists to figure out. <laughs> yeah, that's not 
we're not engineers. We don't claim yeah. to be engineers. Hey, no. Practicality is not what the show is about. It's about awesome <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's about chaos, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Kyle, <laughs> what are you changing the Incredible Hulk into? I don't. I can't even begin to imagine how Hello Kitty is going to uh, 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 transform this ride. This is this is amazing. Continue. Scott, get ready to have your mind blown, bro. <laughs> I, I'm ready. Chaos power. No. So <laughs> this is going to be Hello Kitty's Shinkatsen Kawai Coaster, or just Kawaiister for short. So inventing <laughs> a new style of ride here, the Kawaiister. Um, so it's funny because okay, so. Hulk is a great roller coaster. I, I really do love the coaster itself, but like the rest of Marvel Island, of course, the theming is suspect at best. It's a unmitigated right. disaster at most. Yeah. Uh, but there, you know, the, as we talked about earlier, the story about the gamma rays and, and the chicken and whatever, and then it's a roller coaster. But, but since Hulk is a launch coaster, I started thinking about like other things in Japan that are known for speed. And Kawaii culture really isn't. It's not about intensity. It's about cute little cuddly things and quiet moments and tea and watercress sandwiches or whatever. Um, But there is an aspect of Japanese culture that is all about speed and timeliness, and that is the train system. And it just so happens that there's a Sanrio character that is a anthropomorphic. Uh, you know, I cannot say that word. It's a human-like train. Uh, it's a human-like anthropomorphic. Thank you. That word. Japanese bullet train. Uh, and it's called Shinkansen. So it's a living bullet train with like a face on it and everything like that. So the idea for this ride is that we're going to build a show building all around the Hulk roller coaster. Uh, Now, of course, you walk underneath the Hulk roller coaster to get through it. So I imagine there's going to be a little tunnel for people to get in and out. For the most part, the whole thing is going to be underneath a building. And the idea here is that Hello Kitty has become a train conductor and she is trying to get the train from Tokyo to Kyoto on time. Uh, and we're using the this is a new bullet train that you're going to be riding on. And the idea of putting it inside of show building is that she is going to be going through Tokyo, uh, the a kawaii neon lit up version of Tokyo that you're going to be riding. Imagine like rock and roller coaster with its kind of like neon bl- uh, black light uh, flats of like giant donuts and things like that, that are lit up uh, and speed signs down to 404 or whatever uh, or 101. I get this confused. Um it's going to be like that, but for Tokyo. So you're going to be going in and out of like buildings that are all lit up with like giant Hello Kitty characters that we don't see represented in other parts of the park. And I'm thinking just a total like, uh, you know, seizure inducing uh, bright neon treat for the eyes that you're going to be driving through. And the whole thing in the middle, we're going to put up a big Mount Fuji uh, that you're going to see as you're like flying around it. So it's going to be this kind of like neon kawaii version of Tokyo you're going to be seeing the whole time. So the story is pretty simple. She's just trying to get from point A to point B, and it just so happens that point A and point B look exactly like each other because the entrance and the exit of the train are the same station. So uh, you're going to be going in and out of this train station. So, um, yeah, that's it, basically. Uh, Hello Kitty is trying to get you through uh, from Tokyo to, for, to Kyoto as fast as possible, and you're going to be going upside down sometimes. You crazy <laughs> son of a bitch, you did it. <laughs> Proud of you. It was, uh, thank you. I, like, like you ran into uh, with uh, the, the uh, Storm Force ride uh, with Lewis Tully, uh, I think it's a great idea that you came up with, but it is kind of hard if we're using these existing like ride systems to try to get all this stuff in to shoehorn it in. Yeah. Um, because, But it's, it makes sense to try to keep that structure there because it, as is, the Hulk is a near-perfect roller coaster. It's just the theming around it is just, it's green. That's it. Yay. Yeah. 
Right. So I was thinking uh, show building in place to just kind of like dazzle your eyes as you're, as you're flying through it would probably be the best way to do it. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how I did it. Scott, how did you choose to retheme the Hulk to a Ghostbusters attraction? So uh my incredible Hulk coaster has been rethemed to a ride called Ghostbusters Out of Containment. Um, and th- in this in this ride, you uh, you go inside the ride, and the uh, the first thing that you notice is that the theming inside is uh, it, it it feels backwards. Um, is the best way that I can describe this. And there are, you can hear muffled voices. You can, there are, are, uh, sections as you're walking by. There are, uh, videos playing in walls that appear to be windows of people looking in on you. Um, and these people, of course, are Ghostbusters and they are, uh, almost like goading you from the outside. And you can hear the Ghostbusters showing new recruits on on how something called the containment unit works. Um, and then you realize that in the world of this ride, you are the ghosts and you are inside the containment unit. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, they're, you know, they're they're describing that uh, when the light is green, the trap is clean, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and what happens is uh, he's the, the one of the Ghostbusters is showing the recruit. Um, this whole scenario uh, and releases a ghost from a trap into the containment unit and the ghost comes into the queue with you and flies around. I'm picturing something uh, very akin to the, the queue in um, Forbidden Journey. Uh, and the way that the queue works in there with these little show scenes, right? Right. And so this ghost comes in and is essentially um, a, a more of a humanoid ghost and comes in, or maybe it's a humanoid ghost. It's sort of like the librarian where it can kind of transform between the two into like a like a, a crazy uh, uh, a ghoul and then change back into a go and do like more of a humanoid ghost, but it's flying around the containment unit and it starts doing things. And as you are going through the queue, the ghostbusters start noticing problems with the containment unit. And what you start to put together is that this ghost has figured out how to get out of the containment unit and how to shut it down from the inside. And so you as a ghost are boarding the roller coaster, um, in the uh in a situation where um the ghost is letting you out of containment and and so uh as you you board the coaster and you start going up the tunnel lights start flashing red and uh some one of the ghostbusters you know i i uh you know who knows which one um is saying what's happening to the containment unit egon <laughs> and he's he's like i i don't know but i think it's going to be bad and then someone says the ghosts are escaping and then you fire out the out the front and so you are the ghost and the cool thing about this is like you're riding it and it's and it's essentially a a, a, you know just basically a a roller coaster you know but from the outside if you're watching the the coaster go through um the much like what brian did uh the the railing is going to be painted white and so as you're going through the coaster there are uh projectors on the back of the coaster that project a ghost-like you know spirit tail on the mm. end of the of the coaster so that as it's going by you see this pr- this projection is like following the coaster of like a like a ghost tail. Oh, that's cool. Um, 
which which I think would be pretty cool to look at from the outside. Uh, and then you ride the whole coaster, basically trying to outrun the Ghostbusters from containing you again. But then, of course, you get trapped and uh, and and you get the green light because uh, the <laughs> trap is clean and you're back in containment. <laughs> That's fun. I love it. That's fantastic. I, I, I thought for sure it was going to be an Ecto-1 style ride where you're just driving through New York or something like that. But this actually, you really took it to some new places. I, I couldn't think of anything else that... I mean, there's no other ride that you're really like playing as the bad guy on it, is mm-hmm. there? Yeah. I, I don't know. No, no. I don't sure. think so. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And what's what what's really interesting, and I'll 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 keep this as a as a tease for um uh, uh for our next our part two of this, um the story of the of of uh, this containment coaster is uh, intrinsically linked to the plot of my uh, Amazing Spider-Man ride. Excellent. So. Um, so it's it's related. They are related. Very cool. Can't wait yeah. to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's is that. I think that's it. That's our that's section one of Marvel Superhero Island. We yeah, did to it. be continued. Yeah, to be continued. Yeah. So we'll be back uh, in in a in a few weeks with a with another retheme. This where we take on section two, which of course includes uh, the Amazing Adventures of Spider Man. Uh, uh, the, the Captain America Diner and uh, <laughs> Doctor Doom Fearfall. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys uh, have. I love the idea of living in a world where Splatoon has not one but two e-ticket attractions at the theme park. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a crazy world, but we're gonna yeah. make it happen. Yeah, Hello Kitty makes sense. It's very popular. Um, but uh, but Splatoon is uh, uh, not something I hear a lot of people talk about outside of Brian. Um, <laughs> despite the fact that like I know it is, I know it is popular, but not like you know, not like Mario Pokemon popular in Japan. Like, it is about those levels these days. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's okay. Huge in Japan. I wouldn't be. Okay. I would not be surprised if Universal Japan got some Splatoon love. Okay, that would Maybe be we need uh, more Squid Kid representation. Yeah, yeah, we always do. We always do more so than those dumb octopus kids. Right? <laughs> let's get this, Scott. Let's you get... can't. You can't let this keep going on. You're 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 being ignorant. <laughs> no, let the race war begin, Brian. Just more of Scott's alt right messages getting through. <laughs> oh no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for being a Patreon supporter. This is our first retheme this exclusive to Patreon. So I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will be back. Probably the next time you hear us on Patreon will be another uh, uh, another fast pass. And then and then we'll be back on the other side of that, of course, with um, with another retheme this part two of Marvel Superhero Island. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.